Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Hey, Aurelio. What? You see that mountain over there? It's not a mountain. It's a volcano. It's called Vesuvius. How did you know that? Somebody just told me an ancient Roman story. An ancient Roman story? About Pompeii? Uh-huh. Where are we right now? In Pompeii. Don't you know? <laughs> I didn't realize. We are in the parking lot of the ancient city of Pompeii, about to visit the most incredible ruins in the world. The most incredible ruined city in the world. To be continued. So as you heard from my little conversation with Aurelio, we are about to visit the ancient ruined city of Pompeii. Aurelio and I have never been here before, so we're super excited to visit this ancient city. And I'm very happy to take you guys along with us. I'm running through the Porta Marina, which is one of the central gates of the city of Pompeii, the original ancient gates, and it's called Porta Marina because it led to the sea. In fact, in the, in the distance, I can see the sea. And my God, it really makes me think of the people who tried to escape out of this gate almost 2,000 years ago when the city was destroyed by a volcano, by the eruption of a volcano. It's a very narrow, you know, maybe five people could fit through it at once. And I was just picturing all of the people just desperately trying to escape. And I really don't think anybody did, or not very many. Well, I've been to a lot of places in my life, a lot of ancient places. I've been to Ostia Antica, I've been to Ercolano. I haven't been to Athens, but I have been to many ancient Greek sites in Turkey. I've been to ancient sites in India, but I've never seen anything like Pompeii. This is truly the most amazing ancient site I've ever seen. Not exaggerating. I wanted to tape more during the visit, but a five-year-old child who's hot and thirsty and tired, and uh, you know how that goes. An impatient husband as well, let's be honest. So I wasn't able to stop and tape as much as I'd like to, but I am still here. I don't know what I'm standing on. Uh, we made kind of uh, classic amateur tourist mistakes uh, for this trip, and one of them was we did not have any kind of guide uh, book or map. I just assumed that you'd be able to get a map once we were inside, but no, no maps. I, I downloaded the app, the special Pompeii, official Pompeii app, totally unhelpful. Uh, so I highly suggest if and when you do go to Pompeii, get yourself a guidebook. And I actually kind of wish I'd gotten a tour guide, but uh, I know that my son would have been able to keep up with that. But my God, I mean, if you've been to Ostia, you sort of have an idea of what an ancient Roman city looks like. But in Ostia, like the buildings, they don't, you know, they're just, they're really low walls, like just the very base of the walls that you see. Maybe one building goes all the way up to the top and Ercolano, same, same deal. Ercolano's interesting, but not on this scale. Absolutely nothing like this scale. The villas were incredible. I mean, you walk inside, you can see the pluvarium, you see the courtyard, you see the separate rooms, some are frescoed. Many have mosaic floors. They have the most beautiful 
gardens inside their courtyard. They've recreated the gardens. They've replanted many of them. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get a little bit of background for you guys and some history to add on to this, but what you're hearing right now are just my first impressions. I'm walking around sort of the highest point in Pompeii right now, which I'm about to look up on my unhelpful app to see if I can figure out where I am. I don't think I've ever been to a tourist attraction and known less than I do right now. Earlier, we walked uh, past an area called the Orto dei Fujaski. Fujaski, I think. I said, what is Fujaski? I thought, because as you enter, it looks like a little orto. It looks like a little garden. And in fact, there's a little vineyard there. And I said, what are Fujaski? Thinking it was a type of fruit that I, or vegetable that I didn't know about. Fujaski means people who fled, the fleers. Basically, there are plaster casts of the bodies of the city dwellers who uh, were captured basically when they took out these enormous pieces of hardened ash and lava there were these bodies in, inside and so they were able to create these molds after the bodies and some of them are actually you can actually see the, the body still there or part of it you can see some of the bones you can see some skulls but it's just it's impressionante people just lying asleep you could see some some of them were just little kids who were clearly asleep sometimes it looked like there were people who were truly in the act of fleeing and in another villa the casa del menardo i think it was called there were skeletons true skeletons of people who had come back i heard a tour guide explaining this i eavesdropped a little bit but there was very very soon after people did start to try to come back and see if they could steal things because it was a very rich city. And they had collected all these pieces of silver and all these pieces of gold and apparently there was a collapse or something else happened that these people did not get out alive. It's a fascinating place. And it's not empty, but compared to how it usually is in the first few days of September, I can only imagine that it's usually clogged with people. We got here right when it opened and there are some beautiful streets just gorgeous you could really just tell that these were like the high street of the city these were the most expensive the via condotti of the city and the streets were entirely empty there were maybe one or two other people on the whole street incredible i feel so incredibly fortunate to have gotten to visit pompeii in a time that is beautiful weather but yet not crowded with people so i'm very excited about this and I would stay here all day if I could. There's a place I think we can get snacks. I'm like, let's go get snacks and just sort of stay. They're like, no, no, we want to go home. So I got to come back here alone one day so I can spend the entire day here by myself exploring. This is an incredible place. Now, through the magic of radio, I am back again with a little bit more research under my belt so I can offer you a little bit more information about Pompeii. I'm no longer at the physical site, but the memories of it are still very, very vivid and with me. And as like I said, I'm going to give you some info, but I still, even a week later, cannot get over that place. I am not a stranger to antiquity, but Pompeii is something different. It really is. When Italy opens back up to American travelers, I hope it will be soon, and obviously for those listening from other parts of the world who are able to come to Italy now, do yourself a favor. Take a day trip to Pompeii. Not a day trip. That's not going to be enough. Do a couple nights in Naples and go to Pompeii because if you think you might never get back to Italy and you've got one time to go, it is something like you've probably never seen before. 
So basic info, Pompeii was built on a bit of a plateau, which happened to be built on ash sediments of previous eruptions. This is like, you got to think, what were they thinking? You know, when you build your home in the shadow of a volcano, not exactly wise. It's funny, when you see Mount Vesuvius and you can see it, if you travel to Naples, you'll see it all the time. It's sort of just there in the background at all times. There are many, many homes and apartment buildings built right at the base of Vesuvius. And I suppose it is a dormant volcano. It's no longer active, unlike Etna in Sicily. But I always think, you know, I don't think I would have tempted fate. I don't think I would move to the base of a volcano that obliterated towns and so many thousands of people. But anyway, that's just me. So it was built on, as I said, sort of the ash of uh, previous eruptions. And it was a very wealthy city. It was not really a working class city. And it's near Naples, as of course you probably know, but not far from the sea. And you can see the sea from there as you heard me as I was running through the town. And by the way, in case you were wondering why I was running through the town, (laughs) I didn't explain that. We got about 20 feet inside the main gate and realized that we didn't have a map. And I saw people with maps and it looked like free maps you get with your ticket. And because we had purchased our tickets online and didn't have to go to the ticket booth, I assumed that they were available at the ticket booth. And so I just said, okay, you stay here. I'm going to go get us some maps. But of course, I wanted to be fast because I didn't want to waste time. Of course, it was early. I wanted to enjoy the site when it was almost empty. So I ran out the Porta Marina towards the ticket office. But unfortunately, I was wrong. The maps were not available there. So it was a fool's errand. Do yourself a favor and make sure you have a decent map of that site. And I love maps personally. Like I love following maps especially when I'm in a new city and wandering around. And it would have been so much fun to be able to do that with a map and, you know, look at the names of the streets, the ancient names. And so I wasn't able to do that, but I know that it will not be my last visit to Pompeii. So I'm okay with it. But if you're going and it might be your only time there, make sure you get a map and maybe even bring along a guidebook or get an actual guide to take you through. The volcano erupted in AD 79. The city was completely buried under between four to six meters or 13 to 20 feet of volcanic ash and pumice. So what's interesting about Pompeii and what I think makes it so fascinating compared to ancient sites that you'll find in Rome is that it was just preserved entirely as it was in that moment. When you go to Rome, I mean, there's so many incredible ruins to see. But as a tour guide, I know I've had to explain this and I've had to, of course, study it. This dates to this period. This, these little, this little wall here dates to the 4th century. This wall over here dates to the 2nd century. This thing was added here in the 1st century BC, and this was added in the 1st century AD. If you've ever seen the sacred area of Largo Argentina, right in the center of Rome with four temples, they all are from different periods. This staircase was added at this point. This roof was added here. That's all interesting, too, for what it is, but... Pompeii is so fascinating because it's all from the same time. It's just a snapshot of life in the first century AD. And it's very rare to find something like that. So I think that's probably what makes it, one of the things that makes it so fascinating. And obviously just the state of preservation of the buildings. I mean, I was blown away that there were two-story buildings, some of them, where they were still intact. Obviously, there probably has been a little bit of, you know, restructuring. And there were actually what looked like construction workers, but clearly they were probably 
archaeologists, there was a whole area that um, had scaffolding up. And, you know, I took a photo of them, so I'll put that on our Instagram. But they were there, they were working on something, rebuilding something. So I'm sure that they do piece things back together just as they do in Rome with ancient sites. But nevertheless, it's still incredibly impressive. Being a wealthy city, there were many villas in the city, domuses. And these domuses are so beautiful and they really help you understand how the wealthy classes lived in ancient the ancient Roman period. You'd walk into the villa through a main central door and in the entryway, and excuse me, I am not practiced with my fancy Roman names, so I'm probably going to get some of these terms wrong, but in the atrium or in the entryway, you'd have a little pluvarium, which is a little, looks like a fountain, but what it really was was a little receptacle to catch rainwater. There was a hole the same exact size right over it. The rainwater would come in through the roof and it would go straight into the pluvarium and that water would be used for basic water needs. Obviously, I don't think they would be drinking that water, but using it for cleaning, for watering plants or what have you. Then you would have the courtyard just beyond that. And, you know, I've been in the Naples area for the past week now, and I happened upon several cloisters, just visiting churches in Naples or in Amalfi. And I just felt like I was in many, many cloisters this past week, and I happen to love cloisters. But visiting Pompeii right before made me realize that the church cloisters that we find in medieval churches are direct descendants of these ancient Roman courtyards. These ancient homes or domuses were built generally without windows on the outside. And that was sort of to protect the building from the outside world, from chaotic, busy, dirty streets, and to keep everyone inside isolated from city life. But of course, if your home has no windows, you have no light. So they would have these large courtyards and all of the rooms around it would all open onto the courtyard. So you walk inside and it's just a place that is absolutely full of light and it's very similar to a cloister. Another amazing thing to find in Pompeii are the mosaic floors. Some of them are perfectly intact, 100% perfect. Instead of just little snippets of it here and there, you see these floors completely, perfectly intact and they're just glorious. And as I said, the gardens inside, the replanted gardens, if you like to time travel like I do, it's very easy in a place like Pompeii. You really just have to sort of squint your eyes a little bit and you can pretend that you're there. So that has been my virtual tour of Pompeii. I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you will get to visit yourself one day if you have not already. Thanks for listening and join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>